one. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Dalton Edwards Effect, our second podcast. I'm here with Brent Christensen. What's up, dude? Hey, Dalton. Thanks for having me on your show. Of course, of course. And Alex, Alex hey. Gottlieb. Hey. What's going on, guys? Um, so just for an update, I did hire a artist on someone I know, and he is working on art, so like banner art, some profile picture art, and I also have my cousin Zach working on an intro tune. So like when I'm doing, instead of doing that countdown I just did, it'll be like a little theme song. Okay. Hopefully yeah. we can get a little like animated like logo spinning or something. That'd be pretty cool. Um, right. yeah, but I hear you. Uh, so one of the things that they were talking about in the uh, the Discord today was social media and oh, like, yeah. the effects I've, it has on your brain, pretty much. Yeah, I've had a lot of that stuff on my mind lately. I was I was writing down some stuff because mm-hmm. I think it's just so prevalent here in these times. Social media has such an impact on. I was kind of thinking how it affects different age groups because it would affect. Mm-hmm. It would affect our people our age group differently than it would affect like adults mm-hmm. or people. Well, we're adults, I guess. People like in their fifties or sixties or e- even when you're in your like twenties, you never feel like you're truly an adult, right? <laughs> yeah, because I don't know. Like Facebook to me, my Facebook feed is different than like my mom's Facebook feed. Mm-hmm. Like it'll have different things. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, the same thing with my grandpa. Like, cause like everyone he follows is like you know old war vetty kind of stuff oh yeah it's like the stuff he sees is way different from what we see like um, i don't even know if like i'm sure they do but i was gonna say i don't even know if memes i just see like yeah i just see like chaos memes pretty much it's just like all all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. and i think i think memes have a big effect in like today's society oh they do i was thinking about that yeah like but how, how do you think it like like i have an idea of how they affect like how people think but what what do you think about that like what yeah well i don't know it's almost like it's just like a common knowledge thing to know about a certain meme. Mm-hmm. So if someone knows about a current meme, they're like, you're like in the know. Yeah. And it's and if you don't know about it, you're like seen as someone who's not in the know. Like, oh, you don't you don't know about this. Yeah, especially when there's <laughs> like different memes every month. You know, like one month it'll be like Big Chungus, and then the next month it's like yeah, whatever it's hard, else. It's hard, it's hard to keep up. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Some people are like meme gods, they call themselves, or <laughs> meme lords. <laughs> yeah, I, I, they're I kind of weird. I always thought memes were kind of weird. I was like, this is kind of strange. That, like people like almost devote their life to it. Well, there's there's a difference between like normie memes and like <laughs> advanced memes, right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Explain. Uh, like uh, there, like normie memes are just like things that like everyone knows, like. Uh, like that, that new game Among Us. Like everyone knows what that game is. You I see don't. like little memes. I you see, see the I memes, see memes right? about it. Yeah, exactly. You're seeing the memes about it, and you're not like in the gaming community or anything. And like even like my cousin Zach, who's not in the gaming community at all, mm-hmm. he's like an anti-gamer pretty much, and like he knows what Among Us is. Yeah. And like it, that's like I would count that as like a, what's evolved into like a, a normie meme. It's like where any average person that's like not on the internet kind of knows what it is. Then there's like more advanced memes, which like I don't know. There's like. Uh, like 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 deep fried memes, which are like these memes. They're like like an image that's really like distorted and like yeah. <laughs> it's like they poured like gasoline all over it and it's like a rainbowish color, mm. or like it looks like it's just fried. Like you took a meme and you literally deep fried it. No, I don't think I've so, seen that. Yeah, exactly. It, it's more of like a, an advanced meme. So if the, the lo- I think it all comes down to like the longer you are on the internet and the more of what like you kind of see. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think meme culture is definitely a thing, and it, and it kind of reminds me of like trends in a way because yeah. I feel like trends are very. Um, kind of dictate like what's going on. Like, like you go on TikTok and you see, like, <laughs> girl after girl after girl doing the same dance, and it's like yeah. there's no variety. It's just a trend. It you is. Know? Yeah, it's like a. Hmm. So, 
I, I don't know. I, I think trends are. It's like fashion. It changes through time. Yeah, for sure. But I think with memes and like, you know, like internet trends and stuff, like it goes by way quicker than you'd think. Yeah. Like every, I feel like every couple of weeks or like a month or so, it's like something new. There is. And yeah. And then like if you post some old meme or you talk about some old meme, someone else is just like, ah, that was, that was last month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're behind. Yeah. You're, you're <laughs> behind with the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're lagging. Yeah. That's pretty funny. <laughs> actually yeah um but as uh, i feel like memes though like how people get their meme and take is actually like this is social media yeah it's weird because it almost seems like people are like using memes as news basically so that's how they get their information is they get them from memes which is Mm -hmm. uh yeah probably not the best thing yeah i don't think it's really (laughs) of course it's not how could that ever be good what, yeah. what, do you, what do you mean? Like the logic of it. Like, you know, because if you have a picture with like a bunch of words, but it's telling you a lot. So you can kind of fit a bunch of information into one meme or like one picture. Yeah. Like one thing, it'll tell you a lot. Yeah. yeah. Especially politics. I feel like, you know, most people when it comes to <laughs> politics don't care, especially the younger you get, you are. You don't care as much. So yeah. it's like what you see as a meme is like usually what you take as like truth or fact oh, or yeah. whatever. You it's know? easier too. Like, it's easier to watch a six-second Vine clip or TikTok now. It's easier to watch that. Six seconds. Oh, you're done. But mm-hmm. in... Okay, we used to watch movies. We still watch movies. We still watch TV shows. But a lot of people don't want to watch a movie because it's too much work. You have to sit down for like an hour and a half to three hours. But So, so people like to watch TV shows. And they'll watch... They'll binge watch that stuff and add up to more, way more time than a movie would ever take. Oh yeah, and they don't, and, that's and the funny thing is they don't even and, realize it. It'll even be the same if you like take it down a level and you think like, oh, okay, now we, now we'll just watch memes. That's like a, a microcosm of that. Mm-hmm. So memes are taken over. So, yeah, they, they, they it's have easy. Taken over. It's easy, and you can just like look at it real quick, and you don't have to sit down and watch it for hours or read it for hours. Mm-hmm. What about you, Alex? Do you do you see like a difference in like how people like take in memes depending on like what the meme is? Like, do you think can memes could like control like what people th- how people think? Probably. Well, I mean, they're all frames for a specific audience, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. De- de- and, depending on the meme, for sure. Yeah, that's true. But I still like you were talking about like you kind of have to be in the know to know it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's targeted, I think, to specific people. Yeah. So I suppose I can. Well, and I don't know. I'm not really i don't know a whole lot about the whole meme culture thing but i was thinking earlier about how social media might just might affect our mental health to a degree mm-hmm. because, oh it definitely does yeah because I, I was noticing like you know if people well just like our views on happiness and what success is right because mm-hmm. if people if they're always posting their best moments on social media all the time and that's all that you see you'll think everyone's having you know a great time mm-hmm. and everyone's lives are going so well mm-hmm. and you know, you'll be comparing yourself to that and you'll, you know, maybe start to think your life is kind of boring, but, yeah. but yeah. I mean, really, their life probably isn't any less boring. It's probably than, not. They usually just make it look like it. Yeah. I mean, they're just posting the best moments. And so like yeah. from your point of view, everyone looks like they're having an amazing time and everyone's so successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You gotta, out of all the social, like the social media that I use, like I feel like Instagram and snap or Instagram and Twitter are like the most used 
apps right now for like social media and it's funny because i feel like both apps are drastically different like i feel like twitter is constantly just negativity and like attacking people and like having an opinion on other people's opinions which i think is absolutely (laughs) stupid yeah and then uh, instagram is just like everyone living like their best life like Mm -hmm. taking pictures down by the beach and like you know you go on your for you page and there's like you know really athletic fit guys or like really hot chicks you know with like Mm -hmm. these like for the dudes and the guys like bodies they're like not realistic you know what i mean and it gives you like false like you know sense of like reality almost like you know you look at these people these influencers go like man they have the best lives they're beautiful people like so So, happy so yeah in reality they're probably just average people that you know Mm -hmm. look good on social media and unfortunately it makes people reflect and i feel like almost give up on their yeah, own which, lives. Which, like, they shouldn't compare their lives to that. You should never compare your lives to anyone else's life. So, well, but, yeah, especially like an imaginary oh, yeah. person's life, pretty much. Like, yeah. they're, they're real people. Right. But, but I mean, the life they have on social media is kind of a construct, right? It's not. Yeah. You're it, still, you're only seeing your image of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, it's like, you know, if in real life, if I go see someone, like, I can't choose what they see. You know, on Instagram, I'm choosing what pictures I put out. You know, if mm-hmm. you're a girl, like, obviously, you're editing your photos to make them look better. So, like, like, that's a lot of the times, you know, you'll, at least not like online, like on Tinder, like you'll see someone that, you know, you find really attractive and then in real life they might not be as attractive because, right. you know, they're, they've edited their photos and they've made it, you know, fabricated. Yeah. They, they choose what you see. Yeah. And that's just not really how it works. Do, do you guys think social media is a net positive or a net negative for society? What, what do you mean by that? Like, do you think, like from big picture view, is it mostly... Is it mostly positive or most, or is it mostly uh, destructive? It's hard to say, really. Yeah, I, I can see some good things that might come from it, like like Winkedin, you know, like for for work and stuff. It's a good, it's like career Facebook kind oh, of. Oh yeah, like there there's some there's some good. Well, ones, on right? Facebook, I like to use Marketplace. That's how you sell things or buy things these days. People don't use Craigslist as much, and Marketplace is kind of like the new Craigslist. Yeah. And so, if you don't have a Facebook, you can't really use Marketplace, and that makes. Well, I know a few that people hard. that don't have Facebook, but they have Messenger. Yeah, so like they, yeah, they deleted the, like the Facebook app off, off their phones. So they just use Messenger and they kind of like message mm-hmm. people. So they kind of like replace it. Yeah, uh, they replace texting with it. So like, I, I think that's like a step in the right direction because like, you know, social media started out as like, you know, I add you from like high school, right, and then I can keep in touch with you over the uh-huh. years, or you add family members and you can get a hold of them that way. But sure. I feel like it's kind of just like, kind of molded into like this weird like. I don't know, almost like a personal blog where like you say your opinions on things and it's, it's always a really toxic environment because especially in today's climate where people are having opinions on other people's opinions. So like you come out and you say your opinion and then you're going to get attacked. No, oh, yeah. And, and that's yeah. the case of whether you're like, you know, a conservative or a, you know, a Democrat. Either way, you know, someone is going to find you and attack you. Um, mm-hmm. and it's at least on Twitter, it's a really, really toxic place. I try to, I'm kind of, I'm on Twitter a lot just cause like, again, that's how they get you is, <laughs> you know, you're on Twitter and you get news, right? Yeah. You're seeing, you know, these people you follow and like your mutuals and stuff. You can see what they're doing. You can also get news on, yeah. you know, like I call it news, but like you're getting up to date on like the, the politics or the entertainment or, you know, what celebrities are up to or whatever. So like, it's like disconnecting from that is pretty hard. Because it's like, you know, it's pretty much cutting off, like like you were saying, like being in the know of things. Mm-hmm. Cutting that off, like, also cuts off you being in the know. I know. So it, it's, almost, it, like it's, a, it's, it's a, almost like a trap, Yeah, right? it's a fear of missing out. It's a thing that people, it's a really common problem people have is the fear of missing out. 
is they're con- they like they don't want to they're always looking at their phone all the time because because the, they they feel like they're gonna miss something. Mm-hmm. And, but but really at the same time they're missing out the world in front of them. So it's kind of a it's kind of a backwards thing. Mm-hmm. Like like with a lot of things. Not to mention there's people online that yeah. literally just sit on you know those websites and just look for anything to scrutinize. Mm. Um, I think that's honestly the like. So to answer your question, Alex. I think yes, there are benefits to social media. Of course, well, you know I, know. I, I can get a hold of people. Um, you know, like like Brent said with the Facebook Marketplace thing, that's great. Yeah. You know, you can buy a couch for way cheaper than you could at like Walmart. Right. Oh yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of problems. I think the two biggest problems are a the bullying, like attacking people and constantly, you know, silencing people, and b is uh, the the agenda of these social media companies mm. uh, like Facebook and you know Jack Dorsey and Twitter and stuff, um, and that kind of like goes into the political level a little bit. But I think you know they even when it comes to like ads, like selling your data and stuff, like. There is, in my opinion, malicious intent from these social media companies, and I, I don't know. I think social media, in one way or another, needs to be regulated a little more. Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely one downside, right? If people use a business as their social sphere, then the leader of that business basically controls the social sphere. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, and I mean, it also gets to a problem when you know, like Facebook can control what you see. Right. Mm. Like l- lately we were seeing a lot of like censorship going on with like YouTube and actually pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Reddit, you know, Twitter, all these places um, when it comes to, you know, the election or even like coronavirus. Right. I'm saying it here. Hopefully we don't get shut down. I think we're small enough to where it's not a big deal, but I can't say that on YouTube without getting my video getting like demonetized or whatever. Right. Yeah. And I'm not entirely sure why, but I think, you know, we're getting right now in today's era. We're getting to a weird um, point of like cutting off free speech from the internet, yeah, no, it's... And, and I think it needs to be like brought to attention to because no, people aren't noticing it. Yeah, um, very few people are noticing it, and I think it's a huge problem. It's a big infringement of our rights for sure. Yeah, I mean free speech. If yeah. we're not being able to say what we want to say, I mean, yeah, I mean, I understand the logic of the tech company you know, CEOs wanting to censor people. I mean, I don't agree with that, but their logic is. That, you know, if we let every crazy person just say whatever they want on social media unchecked, then it could breed extremist movements and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's flawed. Yeah, I could see that being like the threat, like a threatening thing, right? Like extremist movements. Like I think, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, I think those things should be monitored. But I, I, I've seen examples of little things of people getting censored and then they, you know, Facebook comes out and says it's because of an extreme movement when it's not. And that's just you being used as an, like an excuse to yeah, censor people. Like an overreaction. Um, yeah, pretty much. And uh, I think it's a dangerous step to yeah. go f- towards. Yeah. Right now it's fine. Like I, I, I wouldn't say actually it's fine, but it's, it's passable, right? Not yeah. everybody's getting censored, but you need to be careful. It's not like a free speech platform. And I think when you limit the free speech of platforms, um, you're limiting discussion and you're limiting not only your users, but you know, almost the way they have to think yeah. to be on their platform. Can't, they won't be thinking for themselves because they've already have the answer of what, what you're supposed to think that they've put out for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I when mean, you say when you mentioned uh, you think it should be regulated, what what do you think that would contain? What would it be like? Because to me, at first, that sounds like yeah, that sounds almost the same as someone saying it's getting censored is regulated. But what's the difference, and how would it be if it was regulated? 
Um, so, so I think there's two. Okay, so there's two things. Like my going back to my two problems with social media is the bullying and the uh, the ulterior motives of the social media companies. Uh, for regulation, obviously, you can't tell everyone, "Hey, shut up, quit being a bully, right? Quit attacking people." You can't do that. Um, maybe the social media sites can be more stricter on like policies because right now, from everything I've seen about like the terrible people on the internet, they're not stepping in and doing anything. I think their community guidelines could be a lot better to um, stop pers personal attacks because it's getting off the radar. Like you go on Twitter and you go down and you see any like big figure post anything in their comment section, it's going to be people telling them to like kill themselves or, or to go kill yourself or like right. you know like yeah. or whatever like crazy attacks that I'm not going to get into. Uh, when it comes to like the agendas of like Facebook or whatever, um, selling your data I don't think is right at all, and I think that's something that the government should step in and do. Um, right now there's an act and I'm not going to act like I'm too knowledgeable about it, but it's basically it protects social media sites from, uh, taking liability. And so, so like if I say something crazy on Facebook, uh, people can't sue Facebook for me, me for what I say, Yeah, it kind of protects them from that. But they're also like taking advantage of that, um, in not good ways. So I don't know. I think there definitely needs to be some kind of crackdown because it's just kind of like an unregulated like wild place and i'm not saying a crackdown on it and become like authoritarian on these like companies right because they're still companies mm -hmm. but I, I just feel like you know especially since this day and age where uh, social media is kind of new right social media is like pretty much a new thing it was like around like 2005 right myspace I'm pretty, I don't know if that was the first social media, but around then. And yeah. so it's still a somewhat recent thing in, in human history. So, like, it's just kind of like figuring out the steps, you know. Mm. Um, but I, I don't know. I, as personally, my opinion is I think there needs to be some kind of um, way to regulate what people are what, – what's going on with these companies. Also, like, you know, the, you search that one thing on your phone. You're like the football season or whatever, right? And then, like, you all of a sudden you start getting football ads. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's kind of... Or you talk about it. Yeah, or I'm having a conversation right now about social media, and then who knows, like, social media ads might start coming up, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. That's a little a little scary, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, you talked about regulation. Do you want to... Are you talking about regulating the owners of social media businesses or the people that use them? Uh, so I don't think you can regulate the people that use them. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, I think that That's is up your to problem Twitter, is, for yeah. example. If they want to make stricter community guidelines saying, hey... Don't go and comment on Neil deGrasse Tyson's post telling him he's crazy and needs to die. <laughs> like, yeah. that's up to Twitter and Facebook. I don't think the government can do that. If they can, that's wrong. Um, but I'm talking about these companies like Mark Zuckerberg like and Facebook leaders. Co. Yeah. yeah. Um, like for what th they can do. Right. Basically. And I, I just think that social media is like, in the deep level of social media, they're kind of like infringing on people's rights. Couldn't and, you say uh, they're regulating it already by censoring people? Or? Uh, the, not the weeders. No, like no. The people no. that use them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about the people that use them. Oh. Like you and I that use Facebook, like I don't think we should be regulated necessarily. I think uh, the people like Jack Dorsey on Twitter and Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook and people under them, their company um, needs a little more regulation because they have so much power when you think about it, too much power. Um, they pretty much infringe on your rights. Right, so because they look into what basically everything you're looking at, things they're listening to what we talk about. I guess. Um, well, I mean, their argument would be that like when you join those sites, you do sign an agreement that says they can do that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. their argument would also be that they're a private business and they should be able to conduct their business the way they want. Yeah, I don't know. That's right. just my opinion. 
I know it's a little, it can be a little extreme, but no, uh, I, I don't think no. I was yeah. I was just playing devil's advocate. Yeah. I actually agree with you. To, to I'm be saying fa- that's to what be they fair, would most, say. Most terms of service, like people don't read the terms of service for yeah. anything. When you get something and the terms of service comes up, you scroll to the bottom until unless you hit agree. That's, Nobody reads the terms of you're service. You're right, but that's not Mark Zuckerberg's fault. That is our fault. Sure. Sure. I'm saying, like, for the most part, I agree with you. I'm just saying, like, if you were to challenge them in court, that's what someone like Mark Zuckerberg would say. Well, yeah. He's like, you know, why do people, why does the government have the right to infringe and tell me, infringe on my business and tell me how I can run it, basically? Like, yeah. if you don't like the way Facebook is run, you can just get off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what he would say. Don't click agree and don't sign up. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're better off staying <laughs> off social media. <laughs> it's, it's the truth. It really is. Like, but I don't know. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like drugs in a way. Like once yeah, you get it's started, like, it's like hard, it's like hard to get off. It's you know? distracting you from the real life. You get you get so absorbed into it, and whether it's Facebook, whether it's uh, you know any like news networks or mm-hmm. news channels and TV shows, movies, Hollywood figures, they have such an influence on people that. Mm-hmm. That people will they'll change their opinions just because they hear a celebrity talk about something about it, and they'll yeah, I guess. Well, mm-hmm. and then I guess if I was like you know like the congressman or whatever that's trying to regulate Mark Zuckerberg, I would say like the whole you know like a private business rights doesn't really work because you know because social media isn't a normal business like most businesses don't have that kind of control yeah. over people's lives or, or politics even. I completely it bleeds agree with into that. politics. And that's why i think it needs some kind of regulation like yeah, it, it's it's an exception yeah basically. that's what i'm saying is because yeah. it's way it's got way way too much power because everyone uses it and they literally control like what you think what you see you know they're looking into your data they're doing who knows what with their data you know we got tiktok over here selling your data to the chinese like, and and most average people do not know that yeah. until you look into it, which is like, I don't know. It, I I think it's getting it's too extreme. It's it's too extreme for me. Um, but speaking of like toxicity on the internet, I was on Twitter the other day, funny enough, and uh, there was a post by a top level uh, Smash player, and he was talking about how the community's awful and blah blah blah, and some troll commented on there. And was like nice defeatist attitude or whatever, pretty much just like shitting on him. Like, get, and then that, the post gets a lot of likes because when you're negative on Twitter, it gets a bunch of attention and people love you for some sure. reason. The mob mentality, right? Mm. Um, and then I, one dude commented and defended him and said, uh, the, the 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 Smash Melee community are like ninety percent people that need to outgrow video games. Smash. And then <laughs> the troll commented, got pissed off, and was like, nice boomer take. Or something like that, and a bunch of other stuff he got mad about. And it kind of made me think, like, whether video games or the internet in general, like, can become an addiction and, like, stunt you, kind of, right? Because I I find the same problem with, like, weed people, or what I call weed people, like, stoners, potheads, where, like, if you go, you know, like, maybe you shouldn't smoke as much weed. It's, like, affecting, you know, your productivity or whatever. They get pissed, right? They get really, like, territorial and defensive. It's medicine. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. They say, like, it's medicine. And it's like, come on. Like, what what medical problems do you have? You just want to get high. But, like, gamers do the same thing. If you're, like, you know, like, video games, like, you know, they're preventing you from... A lot of people I see, like, it makes... Like, gamers... uh, I'm trying to be careful with my wording here, but, like, most gamers I've met are, like, socially awkward. They're not very outgoing. Um, There's a lot of things they're, like, not really doing in life. I mean, I'm not saying all gamers are like that. There are some that, you know, like uh, my ex-roommate Spencer, he's a gamer, but he goes and does everything. He's just one of those people that 
loves to do everything. But for a lot of gamers, yeah, it's a stereotype kind of. Yeah, for a lot of gamers, you know, and I think it has to do with anxiety and stuff. But like, from what I've seen, because I was a hardcore gamer for like most of my life, and then there was a period where I just kind of like stopped playing video games, started going out and doing more, and I felt better about myself. Um, I felt you know more productive, happier overall. And, you know, even today, like, I honestly, like, before I stopped playing Smash, like, I pretty much don't really play video games that much anymore. I mostly spend my time on the internet surfing things, watching videos and all that. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I didn't realize it until I stopped playing Smash, but, like, um, that was pretty much, like, all of my video gaming. I don't really play that much. But there are people that do, and... um, I don't know. It kind of just made me think. Like, is that really like a boomer take? I don't like using that term, but no, like, well, yeah. Or, but, but like, is like, do people need like? It's not a good word. Do people need to outgrow video games? That's that's a, a uh, question, I guess. Huh. I don't know. I think it depends. Some people can go. Some people can take it into a career, and they can make a lot of money from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess it depends if you're making money or if you're. And I'm gonna be the realist here. Or even if you're not making money, if you're if if no, you're if you're making money some other way and you're enjoying your life and you're and you're not you're like stunting your own productivity. You're, yeah, you're not. You're, you're still being a productive member of society. You're still eating healthy. You're still living right and stuff like that. I don't think it would stunt your growth. I don't know. I kind of see it like weed a little bit, like where video games can stunt your growth it depends on what you're doing right yeah so if you're just in your room all the time just playing video games all day you know you're missing not really working or yeah. you know you're living with your parents like i think then it becomes like a problem mm-hmm. um but yeah but like when i see some people play smash i look at i watch them playing it and it's like they're studying that game they're like studying mm-hmm. like my little brother he he plays that and he like he will study the tech and he'll like write stuff in notebooks about it and like remember like how to do certain techniques you know that's one of, that's one of the unique things about smash and i think you know i started first started playing in the summer of 2013 so it's like almost been 10 years um which is pretty crazy to think about but i think what really kept me in it for so long was like the community around it so like like it's like going to like a ga- like a, a gr- like a group gathering kind of and you make friends from it there's people i would not have met otherwise you know people much older than me people much younger than me totally different interests outside of smash Mm -hmm. but like you meet together and you make friends and some of my best friends are made from smash um and i i I think smash is great but (laughs) i quit uh shortly before or shortly after covid hit um mostly because the toxicity I think, uh, you know, like my, my, my community here, like my, my friends and stuff I've met through Smash here are great. They're great people. They're my best friends. Um, you know, we're way different than any other Smash scene I've ever seen. Um, but when it comes to the, the rest of Alaska and, you know, even some parts of like the, the, the national scene, it's not very great. And it kind of, there's some things that kind of like ruined how I see the smash scene in a lot of ways, because, uh, I guess, I guess it starts, it started with, you know, when I started playing here in Alaska, I was about like 15 years old and I was pretty much run, learning to run tournaments and I was running a tournament. There's literally a statewide tournament. Like everyone from Alaska was coming. Um, we were flying out pro players. I had pro player chewed at who maybe we'll get on the podcast one day. We'll see. Uh, he stayed at my house for like a whole week when I was living with my mom. He was just like sleeping on the couch. You know, I was doing these like crazy things that like 15 year old kids shouldn't be doing, you know, running these events and mm. all this stuff. But, uh, he, it, 
the community did not really see that in a positive light because uh, what ended up happening is Alaska Smash overall, I'm just going to say it straight up, is a pretty toxic community. It's, it's not very good people in it. And uh, I was 15 years old and I was running events. And then after the event, you know, I'm not going to say I ran it perfect. I'm a 15-year-old kid, right? I think I ran it pretty good for being 15 years old. Um, but afterwards, a lot of the members in the Anchorage scene uh, accused me of stealing money from the pot and pocketing it. And it caused a whole controversy. And then the next year, when I ran, uh, hosted the same event, they pretty much just like shit on all of it. All the advertisements I put on, they would just flood it, attacking. Typical like Twitter, you know, aggressiveness at the time. Hmm. And uh, they pretty much told people like, hey, don't go to this event. The TO's a thief. Pretty much like trying to trash my reputation, right? And it wasn't just me. There's a whole bunch of incidents. Uh, like one of the craziest incidents that I'd seen was... Uh, uh, one of our top players, I won't say his name, but uh, he was one of the best players in the state. And uh, there's a kid, a 16-year-old kid, and he had just started playing, and he was just trying to get better, right? And the way to get better at Smash is to play with better people, right? Constantly train, put it in your schedule. And uh, he ended up going to our top player's house pretty often, right? And our top player, he was pretty mu he's pretty old. He was, like, in his late 20s, and this is a 16-year-old kid. So it kind of looks kind of questionable, but... To, as far as the community goes, like the, our top player, he was one of the nicest guys ever. He would never have done anything, you know, sexual or anything to this minor. Um, but what happened was these trolls, the same ones that attacked me all these years ago, uh, they <laughs> found the email of the 16-year-old kid's parents and got on their email and started emailing them and emailed them anonymously that uh, their kid is being molested. <laughs> by this older guy yeah <laughs> isn't it? it's crazy by this older guy and the cops got involved and their, his parents were so mad that you're never going to a tournament ever again and all this stuff and, and to be honest i don't even think that like these trolls guys these troll guys i'm talking about i don't think it was like a malicious thing i don't think they were like we're doing this because we want uh the 16 year old kid to never go to tournaments again or we want to get rid of you know our best player i think it was just them sitting around a table being like you know what? we should do this because it's funny you know what I mean? Yeah. And, which is like, oh my god, one of the most like one of the most screwed up things I've ever seen. Yeah, it was, it was messed up. Well, has there ever uh, been a that's... legitimate sex abuse scandal in the Alaska Smash community? Yeah. So uh, let me finish my story. So the reason I quit was not because of that. I actually, you know, there's other a lot of I was targeted a lot by a lot of community members and picked on and bullied pretty hard, but I still kept through it because. Not because of the game. I think if it was just because of the game, I would have quit a lot earlier. But it's the community aspect of it, right? Because I'm a tournament organizer. I love organizing things and seeing people come out and hanging out with my friends. And like it's the whole community aspect of all of it. Uh, what really made me quit, though, was uh, shortly after uh, Ultimate Summit, uh, there was the coronavirus hit. And the tournaments you know, go on pause and stuff for a while. And they still are. But uh, earlier this summer, a lot of top pro Smash players uh, were getting called out for sexual misconduct with, like, minors and, uh, you know, or, like, date rapes or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, the and, whole big yeah. thing that happened. Yeah. And uh, that normally wouldn't affect me. I wouldn't really care because, like, it's not like I know these people, you know. Like, I watch them play. I kind of, like, follow them on social media. But it's like, I don't know these people, right? I still have my community. But what really, like, turned me off from Smash was seeing the reaction to, like, all this stuff happening. Like, uh, how it started was there was this woman, and she was, like, in her 20s, and she was in a relationship with one of the top players. I can't remember his name. Uh, he was, like, 15 years old. 
Are you talking about yeah. a cinnamon? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, class- Sinpai. Sinpai. The girl's Sin- name is Sinpai. I don't uh-huh. remember the guy's name. I think the guy's name is Puppe or something. But yeah. anyways, so they were in a relationship, and uh, Puppe came out and talked about it, and everyone, you know, praised him for it, and she got canceled, got shut down, rightfully so, in my opinion. Uh, and then when someone saw that, another person came out with another story. And then another person came out with another story. And all of a sudden, I swear, by the end of a couple weeks, there was hundreds of stories. And people were just getting canceled left and right. And the reason I think that happens is because uh, Twitter and social media as a place right now is if I fabricate something and I come out saying, hey, I was sexually abused, I will get Tons and tons. I was trying to think of the word. Tons and tons of likes and comments saying, I'm so sorry. And then you're, you know, the person you're accusing gets victimized. They lose their sponsorships. They get canceled. You know, they pretty much lose their whole life. You know, when you've worked on streaming and playing Smash your whole life, like it's gone. Like, you know, you're not, you're banned from tournaments. And I'm not saying all of them were fabricated, yeah, but I a mean, good majority were. And they were proven so. to be fabricated. That's really? not just me saying. So it's just proven? Yeah, it's proven. I was um, going to say, because false rape accusations are pretty rare, at least normally. But what was happening is because on social media, you get praise so much that people are like clout chasing. And it's it like happened. An addiction. Uh, with, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Mewtwo King situation was someone came oh. out and said that Mewtwo King, which is one of the best match players in the world, uh, raped her at a party or something. And he had to come out on video and say to everyone, the whole world, that that is impossible because he has a dysfunction, a sexual dysfunction, uh, because he had like a botched circumcision. And he was saying it, and you could like tell just from his face that like he did not want to say this, but he was forced to. They put him in a situation where he was forced to admit that to the world. Otherwise, he loses his career. His career's over. His whole life is over. He has to say that. His, His deepest, darkest sphere, he had to tell the whole world. Because oh. of an accusation. Man, that's messed up. And from what I've seen, the person that accused him got no shit. They didn't, ta- they didn't attack her or anything. Just, you know, oh, I guess you're wrong. Just kind of slap on the wrist. Uh. And it happened with a bunch of people. I know, like, Mango got accused of some stuff. And, you know, just a whole bunch of stuff. And it, it, was, it was ugly. It was really ugly. Stuff does happen. And yeah. even not even just seeing the normal, normal lower-tier Smash players like myself attacking these people... But it's also uh, the top Smash players. I saw a uh, top Smash player who was falsely accused and his friends, who were also top Smash players, just turned on him because it's good for their brand. It's this really, like, sick, kind of, like, corrupt, like... Mm. I don't yeah, know. I don't know how to explain it. You see it in other ways, these two, not just in Smash, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you can see it in, like, politics or... It, it wasn't just a Smash community. It was the gaming community as a whole. And it, yeah. it was just really sad. And it kind of made me think of things. It was like, at the time, my goal was like, get really good at this game and then, you know, go out to major tournaments and try to go pro. And after that, I just thought about it. And I'm like, I'm not sure this is the community I really want to be around. Because it made me think about how different the community was when I first started in 2013. Yeah. And it was, it was just sad. I don't know. Right. Just the whole reaction to everything and, like, mm. you know – there's people who had their sponsors dropped at like the drop of a hat. Their sponsors just kind of caved to the cancel culture, even though they were falsely accused and proven, you know, not to be guilty later on. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Some people did deserve it. Some people did deserve to get dropped. Right. Uh, but I don't know. There's one story that just happened and we're still not sure on the full story, but it's a, just kind of an example of what I'm saying about the wrong reactions. Uh, there's a top player's name's Nairo. And long story short, uh, he was having, like, sexual relations with a minor. And uh, he was over the age of 20, I believe. 
and people attacked him and you know he stopped streaming on twitch so no more income uh he like deleted his twitter you know his whole brand's dead his reputation's gone uh months later he came out with a letter from a lawyer because he, he did the right thing he just went to a lawyer he didn't start you know twitter drama and stuff like that he went to a lawyer and uh he made a statement months later and the whole story came out and it actually was the other way around so he didn't rape the kid the kid put himself on him and pretty <laughs> much forced him and me. blackmailed him. Huh. Said that if you don't do this, I'm going to blackmail you. I'm going to say, hey, you molested me unless you do this. That South Park episode. Yeah. <laughs> and then later, like on, then later on was saying, hey, give me money. Otherwise, oh, yeah, I'm going to expose you because yeah. I'm blackmailing. And it, like apparently, like in the letter, I don't know if Naira was telling the truth or not. I'll say but, yeah. If, is this proven? Yeah, like, uh, it's still going on through law and all, lawyers and stuff like that. But he did had the right response. He didn't, you know, start talking on Twitter and being like, "This is false," making all these like twit longers explaining shit. He like went to a lawyer and just got it done. And I respect that. Um, but again, I don't know what side of the story is true or not. But if it is true, and he was blackmailed, like. That's what I'm saying is all his fans turned on him, attacked him, all his close friends in the scene just turned on him and I don't know. That's not the it's not the community that I once joined. Yeah. It's so different and and also the the politics. Politics, I know it's political season, but the politics just kind of like seeps in to the community and it is it's too much. Yeah. It really is. Um yeah. so I mean that's the main reason why I quit playing and quit really um, yeah. Participating. With I noticed you, you kind of go through times where you stop playing and then you get back into it, or you play a different one. Like you'll you'll be playing ultimate, and then you're like, "Well, I don't like ultimate. Let's go back to melee." Just kind of go back, back and forth. Like but. you still like the game, just not not the community, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I do like the game, but I'm not. I've always, it's always been about the community for me. Oh. Really? And I'm again. I have to paraphrase. I have to say again, uh, my community here in my local area, they're awesome. Yeah. I've never had a problem. There's like, of course, there's little drama things that happens between friends, right? right. But everything's been great. Um, in a way, weird way, they're kind of like my family. Um, I love pretty much all of them, even all the new people we get all the time. You know, they're always kind and respectful, and we're a good scene. But from what I've seen from you know the national scene online, and from what I've experienced in the state of Alaska, is like, I don't know. I don't really want anything to do with it. To be honest, I rather work on other things i rather like you know like this podcast i'd rather do this for you know starting a business or doing something you know mm -hmm. i'd rather than waste my time with what assholes to be well, honest why this why the whole smash thing why'd that remind you of social media That's oh um about. i was just saying uh because the the guy on reddit or not on reddit the uh, his name's red he's a top smash player he was getting he's making emo tweets and that troll talk oh, emo texted him yeah emo yeah. tweets yeah he's like being emo like sad oh, okay. and like you know i'm disappointed in this community like negative talk uh, and then trolls are talking to him so they just kind of yeah. remind me of it well like maybe aside from the whole shady censorship thing i think my biggest problem with social media is that it makes it kind of easy for people to say and do things online that they wouldn't really do in real life totally. kind of Oh yeah, for sure. I think that's definitely a thing. Is like, and I've seen that with gaming too. Like gaming events I go to, uh, people have a different personality in real life than they do online. That's yeah. just how it is. But you have to, and I feel like when people use that, it's an excuse because someone is still behind that account. Yeah. Right. Even if they act different, someone is still behind that. Is still saying those things. Yeah. 
So yeah, I was say like, I don't necessarily blame social media for that. I think it's uh, you know the person's responsibility, but I think it is an unfortunate side effect of it. Yeah, and maybe there could be some good things. Like maybe you can you know say good things that maybe you wouldn't have had the courage to say in real life. But obviously, mm-hmm. some people will say bad things. I mean, another problem I have with social media that I didn't really touch on is like the amount of uh, clout chasing, pretty much. The amount of people yeah. trying to get famous or like doing whatever they can to get likes. And I want to give a shout out to Johnny. He was talking about that in the Discord, actually, about how it makes like the, the same dopamine or whatever you get from making friends is the same as like getting a bunch of likes and comments. Uh-huh. So more yeah, people just... are going to direct themselves towards, you know, doing things online to get a bunch of likes and comments versus going out and meeting people or whatever, you know? Cause I, I, I mean, I see that nowadays is like, I feel like more people are kind of like distancing them from themselves from making new relationships versus doing things online. Yeah, and I think the most notable thing is like TikTok. Like you see the same people, or not the same people. You seem to see different people making the same thing over and over and over. Yeah, with like TikTok dances or like challenges or whatever, right? And why? Just because they get thousands of likes. Yeah, for the same thing. Just it activates your reward mechanism, kind of. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, tr- like it's trendy. it tricks your brain into thinking that you've done some, that you've accomplished something really important. Yeah, and I and I notice it all the time. I see a lot of people that will like tweet things that like opinions and stuff that they actually don't believe in just so they can get likes and retweets and stuff. Yeah. I don't, and it's kind of sad. I don't doubt it. It's, it's <laughs> it is really sad to be yeah. honest. Um, and I, I don't know. I think that's maybe like one of the most toxic things about social media. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I don't know. In other news, <laughs> we've been talking about social media yeah, for a while. Yeah. Uh, SpaceX did a launch to, uh, the space station oh, really? and they were streaming yep. it. Yep. And uh, I think it's, I don't remember the last time they launched, but it's been a long time. Yeah. yeah it was like yeah. a historic thing. A lot of people were talking about it. Mm. Um, so, Alex, you're a man of science, so I'm going to bring this to you. Mm. Uh, what do you think is going to happen when Elon Musk becomes the king of Mars? We become a multi planet species. Um, I don't know, you mean like, uh, like just for Mars specifically? I guess, sure. So, okay, so like, like long term, I mean that's pretty interesting. Like once we've colonized a whole bunch of planets, that would be cool. But um, with Mars, I guess the first step would be to start terraforming. Mm-hmm. That's it. But that might take a long time, so I'm not actually sure if we can, if it's all going to happen as fast as people want to think. It might take a long time to terraform the planet. You know, I think will be interesting is uh, when. You know, when a human is born on Mars, all of our IDs will <laughs> yeah. say "Planet of Birth." <laughs> That's gonna be fucking weird. <laughs> You'd be like, "Oh, you're where are you from? Oh, you're from Mars." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, I guess, well, like I said, what if it maybe what if it moves farther from Mars? Though? Like, what do you what do you think of that? Uh, that's great. Like way in the future. Uh, I think uh, it's kind of like it's like it's, it's like baby steps. Like uh, it is, but you know, I'm, like Mars is the first step. And then, you know, we're going to go to somewhere else. Who knows, you know? I know. I'm just jumping ahead. I'm saying it, it could be. There's some pretty scary, like, possibilities with that, too. Like, do you guys know what the Fermi paradox is? Uh, I do, but can you explain it to people that don't? It's like if there's so many planets and galaxies out there and carbon and water are so common, then why haven't we found aliens? And that's, like, a step is that if you form a civilization and you start to conquer planets, eventually civilizations your civilization will collapse because it's too hard to keep in touch with them and hmm. they'll splinter off and just basically go extinct. 
That makes sense. I mean, especially if your like solar system is really far away. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you know, if uh, if we colonize a planet two hundred light years away, it would take two hundred years just to receive a message there. You know, just to them. Then two hundred years back, so four hundred years just to send a message. I mean, we probably couldn't keep in contact with each other, basically. And yeah, we wouldn't like a like a civilization wouldn't be able to function and just splinter off and go extinct, basically, because so- it'd be too cut off. So obviously Elon Musk wants to like civilize Mars or whatever. Like I remember he was saying that like when he dies he wants to die on Mars. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> do you least... think do you think that'll happen within our lifetime? Within our lifetime? Um I don't know. Like I said, it doesn't really depend on the whole on the on the propulsion technology the SpaceX is using. I think it depends more on the terraforming technology too. Like I said, cuz we have to make Mars habitable before we can go there obviously. That might take a while. Mhm. Cause I, I don't know. I, I I was just trying to think if it was like actually realistically possible. Yeah, like it, it, we'll have. I don't even know. I don't even see. That's that shit is like so above my head. Cause like, I don't even know what that means. Right. Like, is there gonna be like a like are they gonna teleport and then like put a town on Mars? Terrifying. Like, or are they just gonna like when it, Elon Musk is gonna die? They're just gonna ship him to Mars and he'll just die on there. Yeah, like, um, yeah what, what does like, that mean? Seems like in the realm, like out of the realm of our thought. I know to even like process that so it's but, hard it's but hard that's actually happening it, so. isn't that the craziest part it's actually yeah, happening. is it on, though i don't think it's too far out of the realm like and honestly <laughs> it, it might start off just simply like mars maybe it might just be a mining world for a bit just for resources too maybe not like a full-time settlement but then when you develop it more then it might turn into that eventually mm-hmm. so i at least with my guess i think it might start off as a Probably a mining thing, or like I said, if you terraform it enough, you could turn it into a farming world, which would be cool because it'd save a bunch of space on Earth. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd have to use less resources. We just have just use Mars as a farmland, basically, and ship the crops between us. Huh. Let's save a lot. I mean, that's yeah. I think you we grow things on Mars. Like if we terraform it, yeah, we could, and maybe not even that. Like if we made a biodome or something like an internal. So uh, terraform meaning what? Um, you're artificially changing the climate, kind of. Oh. Like you're pumping different gases into the air to make it, you know, to like just pumping, make, yeah, like oxygen. Make more sun or something, more light. No, no, not more light. Like you're you're just like changing the atmosphere, kind of like you're just pumping more oxygen in so that oh. we could eventually breathe it on Mars. We and actually could make that much of a difference, you think? Over time, yeah, with big machines that just pump in and out oxygen. Huh. And... and uh, I mean, I've heard it used as a possible um, way to maybe stop climate change if it ever did get, like, to where, you know, we should be scared. I don't think we're at that point now. I don't, yeah. But But if it comes to the point where Antarctica is melting and all the sea levels are rising, you know, and, like, inland starts to flood, then we could terraform our planet and kind of control the weather, basically. Hmm. But, I mean, that would also kind of be scary, you know, because, like we were talking about yesterday with um, the whole Neuralink thing, like, like who would control that technology? Would it be the government or a corporation? Like, you know, who would control the terraforming technology? Like, uh, w- would you be comfortable with the government controlling the weather or a private corporation controlling the weather? <laughs> I've always thought about that too. Is like when we start doing space travel, I don't know. because, because <laughs> we, we, scary. we don't have a one world like government, right? So like it's all these different countries and continents and stuff. Like, who controls what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, are we gonna go to war over Mars? You know what so I mean? That's like, what they want. <laughs> they yeah. want to create a one world government. Been yeah, talking, like, been talking yeah. about it for years. I guess. I mean, I see. I don't know. It might be inevitable too. Like whether you agree with it or not. I mean, like 
if we get if we do get to becoming like a tier one civilization and stuff like that, I don't know how we could maintain you know our civilization without maybe a global government. So I'm not saying I agree or disagree with it, but I could see that happening eventually either. But with the whole Mars thing, it might be whoever you know whoever settles it first might control it, and yeah, there it's might be like a war. Mar- kind of like to the moon, it was kind of like a space race. Kind of, yeah, there mm. might be a race to Mars. I mean, well, I I guess like the moon is I don't think it's officially anyone's territory but if you start to make settlements on mars and i don't know well, it might be whoever conquers it first and that might trigger a war what are our space programs in other countries like because obviously you always hear about like nasa and like spacex but like so like like what are like what are like do, do, what are the odds that america is going to be the first country to the moon or to the mars um, I'm not sure. Like I said, from what I know, I think our biggest competition, speaking as an American, is probably the Russian space program or the Chinese space program. But I suppose space program. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably, maybe not the Russian because I mean we do work pretty closely with them on the ISS. We do a lot of mm-hmm. co missions, so maybe not them, but it, it might be China. Probably it's our biggest competition in the space race. It'd probably be the Chinese space program. Well, you never hear about the Chinese space programs. Like how, how like do you know how close to like SpaceX or NASA it would be in like for in, like terms of like development? Um, well, it's hard. You have to think about it differently because SpaceX is kind of a you know it's a private corporation, but a lot of those kind of entities in China are closely controlled or monitored by the government too. So I don't. I don't really know if you could compare them, kind of, mm-hmm. but because yeah. the Chinese one is like more is funded by the government and like it's like a government program, kind of. Yeah, I guess. Well, you could say the NASA is kind of it's a government program too. It's just not in the same way. Like it's, it's just the political sphere in China is kind of different. But I mean, they have made some big. Well, I don't know. It's it's. I don't think it's been proven yet. But China claims that they have a working EM drive in use, which could be pretty big but i don't know i'd still say the odds are probably in the u.s's favor of getting to mars first and colonizing it put the put the american flag on the uh <laughs> on but mars i guess well he said they did it on the moon that doesn't mean the u.s owns it the u.s doesn't own the yeah, moon yeah. so i, I, I know I'm like just saying. but I, I just yeah you're right it does it answers questions like who would have control over mars would it be like a world government you know would we have to unite and kind of just work together or would it be under one country's control yeah, it's a good question. I feel like not a lot of people ask, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, the, you think of, like, the hopeful things, you know, like, about the future and stuff like that, you know, with Mars. Like, you think about all the good things that can happen, you know, like colonizing it and just all, yeah, all, all it's the like advancements. A big step. It's a yeah. big step in humanity. Yeah, exactly. You think about that part, but you don't think about, you know, the wars that might cause or, oh, yeah. or things like that. Yeah, like, uh, if, like, America takes, you know, over Mars, then all of a sudden do we become a country and a planet? Like... <laughs> Yeah, the planet of the U.S., <laughs> the United States of Mars. <laughs> yeah. Planet America, let's go. Planet America. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. That's, and like I said, it, why why would it stop at Mars? I mean, once we've done Mars, you know, what's what's the next one? What's, you know, just like who gets to control the entire solar system? Like those are the things we're going to have to worry about if we become a tier one civilization, basically. Well, what stopped, some, uh, what stopped a country from claiming the moon? Um, I, don't know, I, I just think like a mutual agreement, right? I just think it's like, it's just, it's kind of like international grounds. I, it's probably under science, like, you know, like science kind of thing. It's like, um, I don't really call it, like, not a world heritage site, but you, 
Yeah, I don't I don't know a good word to describe it. Do you kind of know what I'm... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. It's like, you know, they put aside politics for, like, research purposes and stuff like that. I think it's... I guess there might not be anyone stopping it. It's just kind of a mutual agreement, like Antarctica. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. It's just, just a mutual agreement, like, not to colonize it. And there's researchers and scientists from all over the world that go to Antarctica, but mm. no one owns Antarctica. That's cool. I wonder if the internet will be on Mars. Huh. Maybe. I mean, if it comes from space, I don't know why it couldn't. <laughs> It'll be like a, like they'll have their own internet where it's like a, there's like a Mars version of Facebook. Yeah. Well, and I guess that is another problem with colonizing it because of the weather there. It might not be very good for electronics. So that's another reason why we'd have to terraform hmm. to stop the extreme heat and cold and, and you know dust storms they would kind of ruin a lot of electronics being there mm-hmm. that would be a major yeah that would be a major hurdle it'd be cool though i don't know if i'd be the first one in line to jump on a ship to mars though that sounds like a journey no like i said i meant the colony could fail too i mean i'm sure we'd try again but yeah you'd definitely be taking a big risk if you sign up to be one of the first colonizers wouldn't how many people would you think they would send because well, when you want to do it, like a big portion of your population, it would. But like I said, when they're just starting to, like you know, just like touch base and start building stuff ahead of time, and it might not actually be people; they might just send robots or something to just start, you know, like making landing pads and foundations to build structures. And then once everything's set up, they might start sending pe- people. But no, excuse me. But <laughs> it also might depend on what they're using it for. Like I said. Like, if, if they're going to use it for a mining, like a mining world or something, I mean, they probably wouldn't need to send a lot of people. It would probably, it could be just mostly robots that would mine, you know, hard materials, and it'd be easy just to ship it back to Earth. I mean, there might not need to be a lot of people there, but I mean, if they're, if they're turning into a farm world or something like that, then you probably, you would need farmers, obviously, mm-hmm. like stuff that robots can't necessarily do. It all sounds really, like, cool and ideal. I just don't know if it's ever, like, attainable or if it's going to happen in our lifetime or yeah, I mean, if the world will even be have humans on it long <laughs> enough for, for stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it could. It, it's, it could, but like I said, that's, that's, hard a, to say. that's a good solution to the Fermi Paradox, right? If yeah. other civilizations are out there, they've probably tried something like this, and, you know, why aren't we seeing them? Uh, as long but, as I can go on Mars and just watch Netflix, and I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. That's just funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I – speaking of Netflix, uh, there has been a lot of good shows on Netflix. Has there really? Because I've seen a lot of a lot of bad shows on Netflix. Really? What what bad shows are on Netflix? Uh, Cuties. Just a lot of the <laughs> – yeah, right? <laughs> right, yeah. I was that discussion is for like two months ago. Yeah, but just in general, I just feel like Netflix originals – they can they've been be, lacking. They, they I'll, I'll be, be honest. They've been lacking. They can be hit or miss. I, I've seen some of the, some of the older ones were pretty good, but some of the newer ones suck, and some of the newer ones are okay. It's, yeah, it's hit or miss. When they first started doing Netflix originals, like a lot of them were really really good. Like uh, The Ranch. You ever seen The Ranch? Mm-hmm. It has uh, Ashton Kutcher in it, and uh, the guy from the other guy from Seventies Show. But I don't know. It's like a kind of like a country sitcom kind of. But it's it's really it was really good. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some good ones, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex and I watched uh, Death Note the other night. 
I'm not usually an anime person. I don't really watch anime. But yeah, me neither. That, yeah, me like neither. you should have watched that show with us. And that show was so good. Yeah. Um, and it actually kind of made me think about like, I don't know. I like shows where characters have a lot of character development and kind of like the mentality of characters. I think that's why I like The Walking Dead so much. Yeah. It's like you see all these characters in the beginning, right? And they're just like normal people. Then over time, their mentality just kind of changes. Yeah. They become like savages, right? And you got to right. think of like what that does, like the human psych. Yeah. And it's like... Psyche. Yeah, psyche. And uh, <laughs> sorry. And the same thing is kind of like the same thing with like Breaking Bad, right? Because yeah. like you see, you know, I forget how they, they, they phrase it, uh, the directors, but like uh, turning Mr. Rogers into Scarface. Essentially, that's at the beginning of the show. He's Mister Rogers, right? The teacher, the chemistry mm-hmm. teacher. Then by the end, he's like this, you know, mob lord, yeah, drug criminal, whatever. It's crazy, how kingpin. It changes so much, and that's what makes the show so good. Is when there's drastic change in the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of shows have that. They're able to do that ability. They're always like amazingly written, and I think everything else just right. kind of comes hand in hand with like being a good show. Yeah, but I don't know. It was making me think that, like, you know, like main characters in these shows, like whether they like had the change in them beforehand or afterwards. You know what I mean? So for like for Walter White to do all the crazy like stuff that he did in that show, like was that in him before he had that change? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like was it deep down in his like? like- yeah, because I, I feel like in those uh, kind of shows, and it's not like it's different for per character. I think different characters have that in them, and different characters don't. Yeah, like yeah. like like he, different... he's instinctively like evil deep down. Yeah, they just they just had to take off like the layers. Oh yes, yeah, well, and then they realize that he's just pure evil. Like the difference between <laughs> you know a sociopath and a psychopath, basically. Oh, you know, yeah. one's created by their environment. A sociopath is made by their environment, and. A psychopath is like born, so it's biological mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Uh, did you? Okay, I guess we're getting into some spoilers here. So if you haven't seen these shows, uh, don't know what to tell you. But uh, so, like when we watched Death Note, did you think that the main character Light? Did you think he was evil before he found the book, or do you think he kind of got that from the book? Does that make sense? Yeah, think- I know what you mean. Um. I guess. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of easier to say he was just like that, you know, all along. But I mean, there's other people who used, you know, the notebook and they never became like white. Like white is basically like Hitler kind of. He reminds me of like a Hitler character arc. And I guess, I guess Misa would be like Eva Hitler or <laughs> Eva Braum. That's a good comparison. Of. Yeah. It's just, I, I don't know. Like I said. Yeah. The thing, like, like I said, it'd be easier to say he's a psychopath instead of a sociopath. But like I said, there's a bunch of other people that use a death note and they didn't do the things that he did. So it kind of makes me wean. Yeah. It makes me wean. Like maybe he had those traits all along. It's just getting those kind of, you know, like triggered it basically. Like but maybe he was like that all along. That's, that's possible. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. I was reading this discussion on the sub on the death notes. I read it the other day. And uh, I'm kind of in the boat where I think the power corrupted him and he didn't necessarily have that in him the whole time, like beforehand. Because mm-hmm. like, he was just a, like a highly intelligent, stressed college student. And then he finds... It's high the, school. Or high At school. First, sorry, high yeah, school, high school yeah. Yeah, he becomes a college student. A high school student who finds the book and then is just corrupted by the power. And he always had like the outlook of like, you know, seeing... Pe- 
you know, someone beat someone up and thinking like you know there is scum in the earth like in the world you know like and it's these criminals but like he you know he never thought about like i just wish these i could kill these people you know what i mean until he got the book and it kind of corrupted him or may, maybe he had it beforehand i don't maybe, know because like um, i said other people have used it but um, they didn't they didn't do what white did yeah so i meant the fact that he could become corrupted and pros you know he he was vulnerable to it already Mm-hmm. And then, and then you look at someone like Walter White, right? Who, you know, he's a teacher. He never thought about, you know, he's like a goody two shoes kind of guy. And then by the end, he's doing all this crazy stuff. And he, he started, he starts, you know, selling the meth for his family, right? Yeah. But then by the end, it's not about for his family. Oh, it's about no. him. It's, you know what I mean? Because no, yeah. he like feels like he's somebody by the end. You know, he yeah. he feels like it's you know he's finally done something. So I guess in that same discussion, like, did Walter White have that in him the whole time? Yeah. Or was it, you know, his actions, you know, the business that changed him? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't his intention from the start. So I think it's kind of the same deal as what you guys were talking about. Like, yeah. the power corrupts you. And then, or maybe it is in there deep down, maybe. but you do so much stuff to hide it. And so now, since you just got that all taken away, yeah. he reverted to his uh, original evil self. I don't know if it is though. It's 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 an argument. Well, it's a I, question. I would agree discussion. with with Dalton's take on uh, on uh, on Walter. Like uh, I think Walter, by the end of it, is a sociopath. But I don't think he's a psychopath. I think that you know all that did kind of corrupt him. And not just that, just a fear of death too. That I think would kind of change everyone. Well, anyone, you know. But with White, I think it was different because he was he started off as as being in a position of power. Like he wasn't, he wasn't in a vulnerable state to begin with. And he still did all that. But Walter, I think he, I think the environment and the situation he was in kind of made him into that. So I don't think Walter is a psychopath. But. Yeah. I actually kind of think the same thing about uh, like Rick Grimes from the walking dead. Oh yeah. yeah he starts the show as like a cop. Right. And like, you see it throughout the beginning. He's like against killing people. You know, uh, there's like a scene where really, really early on in the first few episodes where like, Daryl's trying to attack someone. He goes, and Rick's like, "Do we don't kill the living?" But then, as the show goes on and on, he just kills people without even thinking about it, and like, like bites some guys' neck. Yeah, rips people's throats out. It was like, and, it was like an allegory to him becoming zombie-like. Yeah, know, kind of. And it, it kind of reminds me of Walter White in a lot of ways, where it was like, oh, yeah. he's like a, a good guy, a good guy, a goody guy who like turns into Scarface. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I think shows like that that are able to do like so much crazy character development over time are always like the best shows. Like that's why Breaking Bad is seen as like the best show of all time because the theme of that show is change yeah. and how the character changes over time. Yeah. And it's also funny because you can see character. This is the best writing is when the main character changes throughout the story, but his change is causing change in other characters. Yeah, that's always okay. the best writing. And I think uh, if, if if your show is about change, which a lot of shows are, it's somewhat of a popular theme. But I feel like if your uh, show um, has that theme and you're able to pull that off, everything else kind of falls in line um, in making like a good show. Yeah, yeah. So, speaking of, do you what do you guys think of Gus Fring? Do you think Gus Fring is evil? Oof. Well, I actually don't like that word. Like evil is that can be kind of relative. But do you think Gus Fring is a bad person? Um, I wish I could, I could answer that question if I saw the events before Breaking Bad, 
Yeah. Like, yeah, if I had true. seen what he was like before all that, we saw maybe I can answer that question. He always seemed like somebody who just, like, didn't make mistakes at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, wait. The first time we and saw him was... Walter made mistakes. Yeah. And definitely. a lot more. And I think we were talking about this a while back. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, the first time you saw Gus Ring, it was with his... When he brought that friend over, well, it's not the first time you saw him, but the first in the timeline, chronologically, it's the first one when he, when his friend got killed by that gangster guy. Yeah, off in the Mexico. Pool. I mean, it, it looks bad because the first time you see him, he was already in the gang life, kind mm-hmm. of, so you don't know what he was like before that. Yeah, I mean, outwardly, he he kind of he seems like likable and like like nice, but I'm, I don't I don't know actually. I, I don't know about nice, but I think the word is professional. He's very professional. You know, he's not reckless. You know, he's well, not like a gang gangbanger well, just I, killing people. I just mean nice, like when he's at the restaurant front, like to the customers, he seems like friendly and like from other people's, you know, he donates to all these charities and stuff like that and, you know, supports. Yeah, he, he puts up a really good front. Yeah, I mean, but that's what I was wondering. Like, is it all an act or is, I mean, is, is he a nice guy who just happens, you know, to be a drug kingpin? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I mean, yeah. if he was just doing the drug stuff, I mean, that's an argument. But, like, you see in the show, he just, like, you know, kills people. And, like, yeah, and kids, too. I mean, he, yeah. he had to know that, you know, his I think guys that just were... go, that just goes along with the drugs. Like, Yeah. yeah well, I, I, I was thinking about that earlier this morning. Do you think, like, drug addiction or do you think it could make you into a sociopath? The life that that might take uh, you on? Yeah, drug-induced psychosis. Well, that thing. that's not the same thing, though. No, that's not the same thing as being a psychopath, psychosis. I no. guess not. Wait, what, like, what What do you think about it, Alex? I think you, you brought up the questions. I'm just yeah. I don't. Well, I was thinking about it. I didn't necessarily have an answer, but I mean, I guess I mean you hear stories like you know, like people that were like you know nice and likable and professional, and then they start using drugs or they get addicted to something, and then all of a sudden you know they're stealing from people and just lying and. So like that, I mean, do you think well, it could? Well, like, what's the you? difference between psycho or what'd you say, uh, being a psychopath and being a drug, sociopath? Drug yeah, I said drug induced psychosis. Oh, yeah, what's the difference that, between? You, well, what did you say? You said be a sociopath. It would make you a sociopath. Socio- it could make like, yeah. Do you think it could like cause drug, sociopathy? Drugs, drug drugs. Abuse. Yeah, like not just not the drugs well, by itself, but the lifestyle and that would come with it. Kind well, of. what what is the difference between that and drug induced psychosis? Wouldn't that like, kind of like come hand in hand? No, it wouldn't. I mean, psychosis, it's, it's not even related at all. It's like psychosis. Is, what is drug induced psychosis? Drug induced, it's like a psychotic state. Like you, like hallucinations and, you know, delusion. That's like a mental disorder where sociopathy is a personality disorder. Mm. It doesn't necessarily affect your IQ or your perception of the world or anything. It's, it's not related. I think you mean like, yeah, it's not so, so you could have both, though, right? Yeah. Well, like I said, I was just talking about, like we were talking about earlier, the personality, a personality disorder. Like psychosis is a mental disorder. That's different. Hmm. That's sad. Yeah. Mental disorders are sad, man. <laughs> mental disorders oh, no, are sad. Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. Yeah. I think it's one of the most underrated things going on, like uh, care for mental health care. Pretty much, mm. you know. I think, at least in America, I think it's pretty underdeveloped. Yeah. Like, you know, I feel like if like if someone's depressed, you know, they go to the therapist and then they prescribe a medication and then like that's as far as it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, well, there's yeah. not a lot of solution to it. I mean, it, you just gotta stay moving. 
I think that's like the biggest thing is having things to like occupy your time or yeah, just have things going for you. Have things well, going. We for can you. Yeah. can relate it back to what we were talking about earlier. Do you think? Do you think like online culture and social and social media is affecting mental health? Oh, absolutely. Like especially probably with younger people, mostly. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's people I know that you know, I know people I've seen and I know from that are younger than me, like eighteen, that like pretty much gave up on life, essentially. Yeah. You know, they're binge eating or just binge drinking or you know partying all the time and like you know and they pretty much blame everybody else but themselves you know like on social media yeah you know they, they blame other people or blame you know their parents or blame Depression. the government you know it doesn't matter it, it, yeah it, yeah do, yeah do you think that's like correlation or causation like do you think that social media might you know like like you know set off mental disorders in people or do you think like people with mental disorders are more likely to spend an unhealthy amount of time online um Probably, maybe both. It usually is with those things, but... I don't think people with mental disorders spend more time online. I Uh, could see some, like people with maybe severe autism or, you know, social anxiety or depression, they might... Well, it depends. depends, Well, you have to uh, identify, like, what you mean by spending so much time online. Like an unhealthy amount, like, like living online instead of in the real world. I can see some people with certain mental disorders maybe being more likely to do that. I uh, I think people with high amounts of anxiety... No. For sure. If if anything, it's anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I can see maybe severe autism or Asperger's being that case too. Like people with, you know, poor social skills or something like that. Like that's characteristic of autism. Maybe spending well, that, that an kinda, unhealthy amount of time online. That kind online. of goes hand in hand with anxiety because usually yeah, someone right. that's like autistic or has autistic tendencies, yeah, they'll use social anxiety. Social, yeah, socialness. Yeah. They feel weird so, in social situations. So just that. Like, anxiety yeah. feel social i don't i, I just know i've seen a lot of people online you know people my age or younger that are just like you know like depressed um binge eating binge drinking they just you know don't think about their future at all um you know the drooling over like you know pornography and all that stuff mm-hmm. and uh you know pretty much like relying on likes and again like the clout points that i was talking about to feel happiness which is, which is really depressing to, to think about yeah. like there's just so many people that are like we're 20 years old or 18 19 or even like in high school that are yeah. just like given up because they see all these people online and like how happy they are and like you think man that person's really happy man my life must suck you yeah, know because i'm not happy it's like they're, they're comparing beautiful they're comparing themselves to like you know a construct like not a real kind of life is like you're just seeing the best parts of someone's life yeah. and you're thinking <laughs> and you're just comparing yourself to that and, yeah definitely and, and, and like i said especially if you have a mental disorder or maybe if you have an addictive personality or an addiction disorder already then those people might more easily get addicted to the online world and things like that no i think so too or, um, um do, do you guys know what borderline personality disorder is uh i do can you explain it though it's um well it, it's pretty complex but maybe someone with um they have a hard time of pinning who they actually are like they feel you know very fluid like a lot of them like they don't feel like they really have a personality they just feel like they feel like whoever they're around like i could see some people like that gravitating especially towards social media and kind of trying to form their identity from the people they see online kind of and copying it mm-hmm. interesting that's interesting. I don't know. I, I just it's just, it's just sad. I mean, 
most people just aren't even like self-aware yeah about about it pretty much and uh i think more people should be yeah i think i think it all comes down to like insecurity and like people comparing themselves to others yeah which i I think it's that's kind of the big problem i think so too it's it's never been it's always been said you know don't compare yourself to others and it's it's easier said than done it is yeah Yeah. it's just kind of one of those sayings that holds true to social media perceptions of people too especially maybe even more so than comparing yourself to someone in real life which you shouldn't do that either because everyone's different everyone's got their own path in life so yeah. your path isn't somebody else's so you can't really, mm-hmm. can't what, really. What, what do you guys think of like the very young generation like the kids being born now you know things like that or imagine like growing up in this like we we're talking about like social media and just the online world like that'll just be your life like that's that'll be everything you've ever known like can you imagine that it's pretty crazy. Makes like, me feel old. Thanks for making me feel old, well, dude. I don't think about like that, I guess, but yeah, I mean, I remember I was in elementary school probably when people, you know, when cell phones became common and stuff like oh, that. Oh, dude, and I then, remember, I remember, I think it was like third grade and my older cousin, she was like in fifth, I think. She made a MySpace and she got me and her younger brother, we're both like the same age, uh, to make a MySpace account. So we're like these third graders with MySpace accounts and it's like... I don't know. It was just kind of weird. But I, I remember that memory of, like, the first time I, like, signed up for a social media thing. And, like, I didn't know what I was doing, obviously, because I'm, like, in third grade. I'm just like, oh, you can set a uh, a profile song? That's cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> But, like, I don't know. I, I just – so, like, I guess social media for me kind of started kinda around young then. Too. But I think I would consider me first actually – like, because I was just, like, to mess around with – I saw it more as, like, a game. I think, like, when I first made a Facebook, and I think I was, like – 2009? It was like 2007 or 2009. Yeah, around there. And I think that's kind of where it started. And I I still remember what Facebook was like back then. So different from what it is now, right? Playing Farmville. Yeah, playing. Yeah, there's games. (laughs) Yeah. There's games. I I don't even know if there's games on Facebook anymore. There's games and there's. uh, They had, like, I think they had groups. And that was when you used to be able to. like, become a fan. Of yeah, something. become a fan. That's what I was just now thinking Now you like pages, but it used to be become a fan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if... Did you, were you still able to like statuses? Do you remember? Like if I made I couldn't post? remember if you could like a status. I, I think that was a little bit later. You could comment, though. Yeah. And now you can react to yeah. statuses. It's, that's crazy. It's changing. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't know. Every time like I, my app updates on anything, like like Twitter. Twitter just introduced introduce stories. I think it's like now now every app has a story like a story feature. Yeah. Twitter was the only one for a little while that didn't, and it's like Does I don't it know. Now? You can just it's just funny because like whenever an app for my phone updates for like social media, I get kind of bummed out because it's just like it always looks worse. Yeah. And, but then you get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But then they introduced a feature like I remember like Snapchat became a big thing, and then they had like stories on Snapchat. Then Instagram took that. Yep. And then Facebook took that, and now mm. Twitter has that. They're all like. So, <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they all kind of run by the same people? Um, Facebook and Instagram are, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think. Otherwise, I think they have different owners. Twitter's owned by uh, Jack Dorsey, and I don't know who owns Snapchat. The same people that may have uh, Bitmojis, the Bitmoji thing. This, those people own uh, Snapchat. I think they also own t- Tinder. Yeah, I thought Bitmoji was a Snapchat thing. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is I'm saying the people who own Snapchat also own Bitmoji. Oh, okay. And I think they also own Tinder. I think. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. So, 
I don't know. It's yeah. kind of weird well, how they're all well, like interconnected, what, right? What do you guys think of my question, yeah. though? Like, what do you think the future? Well, how do you think the future of humanity will change? Like, with people growing up, you know, exposed to things like YouTube or things like you know, I imagine like five-year-olds just like learning from YouTube and things like that. I mean, do you think it'll change? Like, do, well, do you think it'll be good or bad? It's hard to say because even, I, even I learned things from YouTube. Yeah, it's already kind of <laughs> happened. I feel like it might change in a different way in the future when everything gets censored so much maybe if yeah it, yeah you're right the same YouTube well i guess now. like like my phrase like if things continue the way they are like you know if if that happens like do you think it would be good or bad because i mean because parents i mean they don't they don't really have yeah. a lot of control over what their kids are you know viewing online so i mean it's gonna be bad and good yeah less I mean, so, usually like more social interaction on the computer equals less social interaction in life there's always yes. going to be that well i mean like but, we but and, yeah but the trade-off is i mean maybe they can learn cool things you know like really quickly that you you couldn't otherwise do without something like the internet yeah that is the trade-off i'm not totally sure to be but honest is it worth it i think uh yeah. it could be both like you said like you said it'd probably yeah be both. it usually gotta, is kind of have a balance of two opposites i have been reading since like they've been doing online school that like over all over the country the amount of like people skipping classes has like doubled <laughs> since like they stopped doing in-person school mm-hmm. and well, yeah of course yeah <laughs> I, I mean that, that's a problem right yeah and, like i've i have a friend his name's mac and he's in school and he was saying that uh the zoom call is like not as good as going to real school no and i, I could see not. it for sure i feel like well, it yeah, definitely affects course. like how you learn things right like yeah. like is there a difference between like people who go to public like learning wise education wise people that go to homeschool versus public school do you know alex probably we could yeah, ask, i feel like there would be too right yeah we could ask, uh, i don't know specifically we could ask ben sure. on the show oh he yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll save was, that for him yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, save, we'll save that topic for another time like i could see bad like you know like good and bad from homeschool yeah. i guess the good can be that you get more individualized you know attention but but the bad thing is that you know you kind of rely on your parents being good teachers and being knowledgeable right if your parents you know you know if they're not that knowledgeable and they're teaching you stuff then i mean you won't grow up as educated maybe or you could grow up more educated if your parents are educated well like it's like a hit or miss kind of i was homeschooled my sixth grade year and uh when i did that they had like a, it wasn't just like your parents can teach you whatever you want. You did have a curriculum you had to do, and they had like requirements and stuff. So oh I did, really? I, yeah. So I, I, I didn't know. I, that. I did m- most of my math on the computer, and then everything else I had to do in worksheets, work- workbooks. Um, and math on the computer was pretty easy to cheat. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I bet. That's, <laughs> it that's was really easy to cheat. Yeah. It wasn't just like an, I think now when you're like in high school or college or whatever, you, I don't even know how it works these days. But like they have, uh, you do it online on like on a website. But how they did when I would when, when I was doing it was they had a program that you install through a disk, and yeah. uh, you had made to make your account on the disk, and you make your parents' account or your parents make their account, and then you do your math, and then the parents mark it down along with everything else, the worksheets and stuff, and they'd send it in at the end of the quarter or semester or whatever. Except me, since I'm a genius, I knew what my uh, grandparents adult password was yeah. on the uh, guardian password <laughs> so like i would just like be on my math and i would just enter wrong answers because for some genius reason what? when in the parent account you can change it from correct to incorrect yeah. <laughs> so i just went into the parent account and just like changed them all to like oh, correct, wow. correct 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 <laughs> only time i've ever had like straight a's in math 
That's when you gave yourself straight A's. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Well, I didn't what know are they that. Gonna do like, now? like I thought yeah, that right. parents didn't necessarily have to follow our curriculum. I was gonna say, yeah, that could probably end up pretty badly. But but if they do, then you know maybe I'm more hopeful about it. Yeah, like I, like I just gave that example. That was in sixth grade, and it's like elementary school. So I think they were a lot less strict about like curriculums and stuff. Because remember my freshman year, I went to homeschool the second half, and it was totally different. Yeah, like there was no cheating. It was like online, like you had to sign into that's, that's the school good. district thing, which well, is like a lot more secure, which is cool. Uh, I could think of maybe another bad thing that would come from homeschooling. Like maybe it could stunt you show, socially to a degree. I could see that. If you you know if you just kind of stay home and you never really interact with a lot of your peers that you know you would have met if you went to public school, mm-hmm. I could see how it could how you could it could stunt your it could stunt you socially maybe being homeschooled. Yeah, I know. I think so for sure. I know a lot of people that are homeschooled that kind of became a little socially awkward later in life. Um, I had a friend who uh, was pretty socially awkward and he was homeschooled his whole life except for like one year. One year he came to school, and then uh, he was a very odd, very odd character. I think he still is kind of odd. I, I don't really know him too much anymore. I have him on like social media, but I, I don't know. I think so, for sure, because like, you get less uh, interaction with people, right? Yeah, if you're homeschooling, and, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and I could see some, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure like a lot of abusive parents also might homeschool their kids to kind of hide the abuse, uh-huh. too, to a degree. It might make it easier. Whereas you know you you probably you might not be able to hide it if you send them to public school. But mm, I could see that. Yeah, I could. Yeah, like I said, there's there's downsides and upsides to almost everything. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, personally, I don't think I would have liked to be homeschooled, but I definitely wish I had gotten more individualized attention in school. What do you What do you mean by that? Well, like, more like like one on one kind of. You know, talking. Yeah. So I feel like if if teachers in public schools, like that's one of the downsides of public school, is that they kind of have to meet quotas with a lot with a huge oh, number yeah, of kids, and students. and you know if if some kids are getting left behind, then I mean to them, I think you know the quota of most of them getting through is more important than the few who don't. And I mean, I understand that logic, like the needs of the many outweigh the, the needs of the few. Yeah, right. But you know, but but still, it'd be better if it was all. <laughs> I know what you mean, man. Like, there's, uh, I always struggle with math because I have dyscalculia, and it was like, which is like, uh, it's kind of like, it's a very rare learning disability, which is like, doesn't allow me to count in groups. It sounds fake. So, well, you can look it up. No, a, lot of, a lot of people have it. <laughs> sounds like but, kids who just hate math. <laughs> yeah, right. But it doesn't allow me to count in groups. So I always fell up behind. And it's not like I didn't try. I actually did try for like a You can't count by math. 10 or like count um, by 5. Yeah. So I, I can't count by like 6s. Or fours, or whatever. So the test for it is they have dots that show up. So the first one will be like two dots, and then then you have a certain amount of time with the psychiatrist to say two dots, and then four dots will come up, and then more and more and more. The time gets faster and faster. Eventually you have like forty dots, right? And a normal person will be able to group them, be like you know, up like six, 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 you know, like adding them all up, and then they can answer within mm-hmm. the time limit. Uh, people just calculate can't because we have to count each one individually. Yeah, yeah. And so like, so by the time the time limit runs out. I failed the test. That's what uh, I had. Yeah. Um, anyways, I, like when I had was in school, I they didn't recognize that with me because I wasn't diagnosed with it. Um, but they, I wish I had that individual attention, where you know they're able to teach you more. Instead, it's like, oh, here's you're competing with the bare minimum. Let's just pass you on, you know, or it's like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see and wait. 
I guess, like we were talking about earlier, like with whole mental health, like just we should, like like a big problem is that it's just kind of underdiagnosed and things like that. And you know, like people at public schools or the teachers, it's not like they have time, to, you know, to go to every kid and yeah, make sure they're all point. mentally healthy and like things like that. Like it's like a quota thing. The the no ch- no child left behind thing didn't help with that either. No, it didn't. <laughs> but, no, not yeah. at all. Yeah, no, I mean, just like, just things like that, like, dis- or dyslexia, that's a really common thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like you were saying, like, it might kind of sound fake, the dyscalculia, but <laughs> I, I, I think it makes sense, like, for what type of learner, you know, different no, people yeah, are. Like, like, just... like Dalton, like, I, I think you're more of a, like, um, a verbal learner. Like, I think you do better with words than visualizing something in your head. And I think people with a hard time visualizing things in their head are probably more likely to have that. I've always been a writer. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, like they, they might have like a really high verbal, like uh, what do they call um Linguistic verbal intelligence, but they might, yeah, they might not be able to visualize something in you know, their head. It was just very weird for me because like in school, I'd always have like at least like a B or a C, right? I mean, there's a point, one point where I had like straight B's. Always in language arts, I had never had anything lower than an A. I was amazing in language arts. Science would be like a B, C-ish area. Yeah. Same for like history and stuff. But like mm-hmm. then it come to math, and I'd always be failing math. I was always drug behind. I'm pretty sure I was the worst student in that class because they don't have individual teaching, you yeah. know. And it's very easy for like I at least tried. I know a lot of people that didn't try, and it's very easy for the teacher to go up there and you know write whatever they want on the board. And like you're supposed to take notes, right? You're supposed to write as you do it. But like there, I, I know plenty of people that just sat there and wrote in their notes blindly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Copying down what they're saying, but they're not listening to what they're saying. And I guess it's just like a lack of motivation thing too. Yeah, that's true. Because like, I mean, like I was okay at school, but I wish I was better now. Now that I'm older and I'm in, I'm 22 now, and I wish I had tried a lot harder in school instead of slacking off and stuff. Mm. So, I don't know. Do you ever feel that way? Yeah, definitely. Um, I did have some problems. I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty good at math now, but when I was in school, I definitely struggled with it. Well, I mean, do you just like wish you tried harder in school, kind of? Yeah, I'm sure most people Cause like, yeah, because like at, yeah. the, at the at the time you're just like you know screw school you know like yeah I, talking to people and like all that stuff is like more I important. Think I think a lot of it has to do with like you, you got to get things done fast and you're like oh I have to yeah instead of get, so so you rush your t- stuff and you worry about getting it done and you didn't even worry about actually learning the topic. I think that's yeah that's also a thing. It's like it feels more like a chore than like learning almost. Yeah, like like and like then, like you then, get homework, you have to do your homework. I like yeah, having some, to do stuff yeah. makes you not want to. Some teachers I thought did a better job of teaching things. Oh, for like, sure. Uh, Mr. Walton did a really good job in school of teaching. Repet- he was your English teacher. He, yeah, and, yeah, and like repetitive repetition was his big thing. He'd always say repetition is the key to success, and like it really made sense because we had like two basic things that we would learn in that class, and I still remember them to this day very well. And it was vocabulary was a big one. We took a vocab test and we had the same words. We got a new 10 words. We had a 50, 50 word test that we'd take on every Friday and we would get 10 new ones each week. And the first 10 ones would go away once we, once you'd get more. And so you'd see the same words over and over and eventually you'd know those words solid and you, you you'd probably still remember them. Same with the uh, the sentence type structure, sentence type test we'd take. It taught you where to put a comma, where to put the conjunction and all that stuff, and how to know if it's an independent, dependent clause. Mm-hmm. And I still remember all that stuff. 
and and at, at the time when you're doing it, you're just like, oh man, this is so much work. Like, yeah, it's unfair. But now, now that you're like older and you think back on it, it's like, man, I was actually like pretty smart. Oh yeah, know? I was kind of. I was like the best way to learn. Made sense. It. I like doing it that way because then, then it was like free points. Once you really understood it, you could just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could, it could it could really help your grade in the class when you when a sentence type test would come up. Again, I think you, I think it's just like the the mentality of like people feeling like they have to do it. When you feel like you have to do something, you're gonna like want to do it less than normal. Yeah, so it's, you know, because like I, I feel that way, especially about history, because I'm super into history. I could just read about that stuff all day long, like American history especially. But like in school, I just felt like it was boring and it was a waste of time, and like. You know, why, why should I have to learn this? Like when I, that's another argument you always see people is yeah. like, why should I have to learn like trigonometry? If yeah, I'm just, you know, when I, it's not going to go it, with my line it, of work, it, uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah it's like my argument to that is that it, it tests your brain and it gives you a challenge and oh, it yeah. makes your brain kind of work. And so it keeps your yeah. brain sharp. And so also maybe you'll never use it in real life, but it depends what you want to do too. Because sometimes yeah, like you could need to use it. Yeah, you might. You might yeah. need to use it. And it's guess, not but, not even just the fact that it could be useful, but yeah, but it, it's good for your brain. But it's not like most kids, you know, that don't care in school. It's not like they're thinking about that. You know, uh, like oh, I should keep my brain sharp and things like that. I mean, no. like I think for the most part, it is a motivational issue, and that's probably like what you said, Dolan. Is like kids, like 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 I'm trying to imagine myself, you know, as like just like 16. And I just don't care, like. You know, if like why why should I care if I'm probably not gonna you know use this in my real mm-hmm. life when I can just go up to the slope and make a hundred thousand dollars a year and I don't need to care about any of this? Mm-hmm. I mean, so what's the point? Mm-hmm. I mean, from their point of view, I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, I think the school school system in general needs kind of like a, a rework almost. I mean, like Common Core or the actual school district. To an extent, that's a whole other yes, discussion. But a lot of it, a lot of it, has to do with the people. To, I mean, like just the students in general. Sometimes it's their mindset. They're gonna, they're gonna get what they want out of school. Like I always hate when people always say, "Hmm, what? Oh. What were you saying? Oh, I was just saying that. What was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> Got distracted. All right. Anyways, I guess we're gonna wrap it up. We're hitting our time limit. Um. I want to thank everyone for watching and uh, definitely check out the discord. I'm sure my great mods are going to post that right now in the chat and it will also be in the YouTube video description. Definitely join that. We got active members and uh, discussions and all that. Thank everyone for watching and uh, peace out.